What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. After a great journey, the destination is finally here. As the sun sets on the island where the next tournament is scheduled, Ryu grips his entry token and returns to his room to meditate. Great battles lie ahead, and he must attempt to keep his head clear to prevail when the sun rises. It is then that the moon is cast in a fleeting shadow as something or someone leaps far above of the fighter, darting from rooftop to rooftop. Ryu prepares to lock into a fighting stance when the red-dressed assassin Electra lands directly in front of him and knocks the token from his hand. Nothing personal, I just need to enter this tournament for my own reasons, Electra states. You will not take what you have not earned from me, Ryu rebuts. So earn this token in battle, right now, or be gone with you. Electra locks into a fighting position, as Ryu does the same, and the streets will see a fight like they never could have imagined. It's Dragon Punch versus Twin Size. It's the World Warrior versus the Black Sky. It's Ryu versus Electra. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Ray Stacanus. Ray, we have a matchup. This may be our most chess-like matchup we've ever had on the show. These characters match up exceptionally well on one side. You have Ryu, the OG from Street Fighter, the most amazing, possibly one of the most amazing martial arts ever to be in a video game versus one of my personal favorites, Elektra, mainstay within the Marvel Universe, possibly Marvel's most dangerous assassin that they've ever had. Now, of course, I did the patented, you know, who would win Google test just to see how many people have been talking about this before. And to no one's surprise, lots of people have discussed this very matchup. I'm talking lots. In fact, there's even a slight favoring for Ryu in this battle, which I'll completely ignore. Because, again, anything can and will happen in a who would win matchup. With all that being said, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's battle? I will tell you what, James Gavsey. 
I am fired up for this. I'm fired up for all of our matchups. Let's face it. We get in these boardrooms, which are ridiculously convoluted and complicated, and we come down with these epic matchups. In this particular case, we had Electra and we had Ryu, and they just seem to go together well. I'm interested that you say people have talked about this matchup before, but what they haven't done is given it the full test of a who would win battle. That's absolutely correct. Now, before we get to the battle, we actually have a big problem staring us in the face that we need to fix. It's a problem we've had, mm. Ray, for probably well over two years. Here's the deal. Our, our fan base is growing literally daily, whether it's new people within social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, people watching the podcast, people watching our new video episodes available, which are amazing, by the way. The thing is, here, well, here's the deal. We don't have an actual name for the Who Would Win fan base. We've been referencing, you know, hey, our fan base, or hey, you, or them. What do you think? Do, is it time that we come up with a name for the, an official name, the actual Who oh, Would Win fan? Absolutely. It's time. It's beyond time. Look, previously, we've used the term Who Would Winners, which is perfectly fine. It's perfectly sustainable. I found out that there's another Who Would Win style show that has roughly 22 listeners per episode that calls their listeners Who Would Winners. And so I feel like that in itself tells me that's not the right thing to do here. So we need a new name for our show to distinguish ourselves from all of the Ulcerans in this sphere. All right, I, I agree. I can't believe this. I agree with Ray Sicanus 100%. I've come up with a few different names, but before we listen to my names and see that they're fantastic, Ray, what do you have in mind for some, you know, what you would call I hate to, to rain on your parade. I hate to jump all over your suggestions, but I'm going to give some dominant ones first. Do you? No, do you I really? love it. It's what I live for. I'm going to give you some yeah, dominant suggestions first, and then you give whatever okay. weak sauce you've come up with afterwards. So first off, sure. we got to look at who would win. Obviously, the who would winners, that doesn't work. So what if we just focused on the word who, and we went for hootie duties, huh? The hootie duties, fans of the who would win show. We're, work we're workshopping that one. We could also focus on yeah. the word would. What if we call ourselves the woodies? Question mark. Woody's question mark. And that could be I-E-S or that could be Y-S at the end, depending on fan vote. Fans love to vote on things and we love pretending that their voice matters. Awesome. Now, do you have any ideas that would actually be considered? I mean, both of those good. are diamonds. I don't know what more you want from me. Well, I mean, we could just call them all the awkward allies since 98% of the audience tunes in to hear me anyway. I mean, we could just go that route, James Gavsey, if that's what you'd prefer. No, I'd prefer an actual name that had some you know, marketing thought put behind it. Listen, the Who Would Win fan base is made up of amazing people who we really do love and we love hearing from you. Yeah. Uh, one of the funniest, funnest part, we do actually, here's the funnest thing of all is when, Ray, we've heard this before from some of the judges on the show, they're like, we weren't expecting this crazy flood of Twitter notifications of you know, people now starting to kind of talk to me or talk about me on Facebook or Instagram, what have you. So it, it's important. Our fan base is really, really, really important. So here's the deal. I've got some names, but instead of me coming up with some suggestions, I got a better idea. Let's turn this over okay, to the fair. fans. So do all of our right? Let's, Their let's ideas find out. Are always so fans? Good. Actually, they're pretty. They're pretty awesome. So here's the deal. Fan base, please send us some names. Come up with some great suggestions. Maybe we'll even reward the person who comes up with the name that we like the most. Uh, and uh, send it to us, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Come up with a really great name that helps us stand out, that helps identify the fan base of who would win, and really showcases how amazing you are. So with that being said, and speaking of amazing, it's time to introduce our guest judge, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's model, actor, social media personality, and currently playing Harley Quinn, sort of, from Superhero Diaries. 
It's Hannah Cat Jones. Hannah, welcome to Who Would Win. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I got to tell you, Ray and I are super hyped that you're here. You're playing Harley Quinn, sort of, on Superhero Diaries, a show I know a whole lot about. Tell us about what you're doing with the show. Tell us about your role and everything that you're doing. Everything. everything. I am <laughs> I'm living, breathing, walking Harley Quinn basically five days out of the week, if not a good 27 hours a day sort of thing. I'm losing myself to this character and I love it. I've gone to the dark side. I'm officially Harley Quinn, sort of, and it's taking over all of my social media. So I'm on TikTok doing crazy stuff as Harley Quinn. I'm on Instagram with my character and, of course, playing her for Superhero Diaries, uh, answering live stories and questions as Harley Quinn and just having a blast. I mean, who wouldn't want to stop smiling um, and look crazy doing it? Well, I love it now. Whenever, you know, I've done a little bit of acting Ray as well, but, you know, not to your extent. We always had to prepare for this. How did you prepare for the role of Harley Quinn? Did you partake in some, you know, crime? Did you <laughs> a seance? <laughs> yeah, a seance? Did you, you know, lots of, you know, is there a joker somewhere sort of oh, who's kind yeah, of lying definitely. in a, you know, on the ground knocked out somewhere? What what did you do to prepare for this? I mean, I've broken a lot of hearts. I've been heartbroken, so I definitely have that emotional attachment to you know, Joker and all of the awesome superheroes that I meet and fall in love with on a daily basis. I'm definitely exploring all aspects of Harley Quinn and her personalities. So I'm just like, you know, I love dressing up and finding new ways to express myself as Harley Quinn. So preparing is basically having, you know, a couple margaritas at lunch and um, mashing things with an oversized hammer. Oh, wow. And... It turns out I've been preparing for Harley Quinn all this time, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly. And, you know, just like turning my imagination on and not judging it or stopping it or saying, no, that's not normal. You know, instead, I'm like, how what's the craziest like what's the weirdest thing that I could do so I love like catching food with my mouth and I've been pitching to superhero diaries let's do something where like Harley Quinn jumps out of a plane or maybe she gets a new tattoo or I don't know I mean if, if only you could talk to like one of the producers of superhero diaries like I don't know now and pitch some ideas what what are some so you've already tell us before you even do that tell us about some of the episodes of superhero diaries tell us about superhero diaries itself Listen, I'm biased. I love superhero diaries. We had Bill Lamar on, of course, reprising his role as live action Green Lantern. But tell us about your experience with superhero diaries and why people should tune in. Yeah. So superhero diaries is just it comes by it. Honestly, like it's (laughs) I how do I explain it? Oh, words cannot describe the insanity of the show sometimes like it's just so random and I love it because it's kind of like who would win and the fact that you put certain people from different universes into scenarios and you just see what plays out so it's fun I went on a date with Spider-Man and then we went and ran around Hollywood and like I actually went to the premiere of Black Widow with Black Widow like that's so cool right that's crazy. And and you guys got along okay? Like there was no nothing bad. Like she didn't try to beat you up. You didn't try to smash her with your hammer when she wasn't looking. I mean, she's she's a little bit of a party pooper. Like I she did not want to try catching food in her mouth. Like we, I was having so much fun with the popcorn and she like didn't there were certain things that she just takes herself a little too seriously. But most people I meet do. So 
I'm just kind of used to being like the one that sort of lightened the mood. I love it. All right. So with that being said, we've got a great battle with Ryu and Electro. We've got Ray, we've got me, and we have a fantastic judge. It's Harley Quinn, sort of, who's going to preside over the battle. I can't wait to hear what kind of craziness is going to happen. Ray, are you ready for this? I guess. Okay, I'm glad the excitement's there. All right, Ray, do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Street Fighter, the martial artist who is known for his optimism and his show-you-can-do attitude, Ryu. Unbelievable. And representing Marvel Comics, the mercenary who got a second life on screen because she was able to garner so much attention the first time around, Elektra. All right, with that being said, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Right. I know there's been different versions of Ryu going around from animated to video games to what have you. What version are you using today? You know, I'm sticking with the canon video game version of Ryu. Now, you may know from previous battles, tricks you pulled. Well, it turns out that a lot of that Ryu canon ties into the anime and it ties into some of the comic books, which means all of this is on the table when dealing with Ryu. Got it. Okay, as far as Electric goes, look, there's been some great comic books, there's been, you know, the movie, there's been a lot of video game versions. And actually, the video game versions of Electric have been fantastic. Yet again, I'm going with the Marvel 616, the current Marvel Comics version of Electra. Because, of course you are. Listen, she's awesome, but she's never been more awesome in the comic books. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge, that's you, Harley Quinn, sort of, is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new merch all the time. Hey, look, you're a busy guy, so stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. The Daily Wear System is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics, and really built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear, and beyond, Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, or wherever your summer takes you. I like to dress comfortably, and a lot of the high-end clothing I've got looks really good, but, you know, just isn't that comfortable to wear. Luckily, Mack Weldon solved that problem. I recently got a pair of radius pants and radius shorts because they're both fantastic, and I gotta tell you, they don't just look great, they feel great too. For the ultimate lazy Sunday, I love my favorite, the Ace Sweat Shorts. They have modern tailoring and pair perfectly with their ultra-soft, Ultra upgraded Pima Tees. Buy some time this summer with the Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash who would win and enter promo code who would win. That's MacWeldon.com slash who would win, promo code who would win for 20% off. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. 
Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Ryu. Ryu is a nomadic martial artist who seeks great battles and inner peace. He first appeared in the video game Street Fighter in 1987 and was created by Manabu Takamura and Takashi Nishiyama. As is so often the case with characters like this, Ryu was an orphan at a young age and taken in by a martial arts trainer named Gokin who taught him Ansetsuken, or the Assassination Fist. Joined in training by a young Westerner named Ken Masters, Ryu developed a rivalry with his brother in combat, now traveling the world in search of both a great fight, but also himself. Ryu enters any World Warrior tournaments he comes across. Fun fact, one of Ryu's post-match quotes provided one of the most famous of all video game hoaxes. On a post-match windscreen, Ryu was captioned with, You must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance. This led gamers back in the early 90s to furiously try and find this obviously real and totally unlockable character in-game. Electronic Gaming Monthly, for their April Fool's Day, even provided a very complicated guide for this, a guide which did not work. It turns out that Shang Long never existed because it was just a translation error for the term Dragon Punch. And Ryu was actually just trying to say that you have to get past his Dragon Punch to have a chance against him. Can you believe people still do April Fool's jokes, James? What an outrage. Shameful. What would have been better than that is maybe uh, bagpipes. I mean, if, we, if anyone did uh, April Fool's jokes, I would assume bagpipes would make sense. But anyway, that is Ryu. Ha, ha, ha.
I love it. All right, now here are the details for Electra. Electra, also known as Electra Nachos, first appeared in Daredevil number 168 in January of 1981 and was created by the iconic Frank Miller. Electra was born on a Greek island near the Asian Sea to Hugo Kostas Nachos and his wife, Christina. Electra's mother was gunned down by enemies of her father while vacationing on a yacht. After her mother's death, Electra grew up close to her father, who was later appointed Greek ambassador to the United States in New York City. However, after Electra's father was gunned down by assassins, she started down a dark path. As a result, Electra has been many things in her lifetime. A member of the chase, leader of the hand, lover to daredevil, but most importantly, Electra Nachos is an assassin and the greatest assassin in the Marvel world at that. Electra is killed for many organizations, ranging from personal contracts for small business owners to large-scale political assassinations for S.H.I.E.L.D. Electra is acknowledged by many as the most dangerous woman in the world, and the mere mention of her name is enough to make her target shiver. And here's an interesting fact about Electra. Did you know that she was originally intended as a one-off character only? It's true. Just like the Joker for Batman comics back in 1940, I believe, Electra was only supposed to be in one issue of Daredevil. And just like the Joker, Electra's first appearance was so popular that it greatly boosted the struggling sales of Daredevil. Knowing a good thing when they saw it, Marvel kept her in the series and made her a mainstay character, now always associated with Daredevil. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Hannah, do you have any questions before we get started? Ooh, is it Electra nachos? Like nachos? It's not like the nachos you would eat uh, ah. at Ray's house for a formal dinner. It's more like a nachos. Yeah, we're, not, we're not talking about a, a fancy soiree. Uh, we're just talking about a simple Greek last name. <gasps> okay, good, good, good. Then I think that clears it up for me as far as the confusion. I'm just now a little hungry. That's fair. All right, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Ryu. Let's just talk a little bit about where he came from in his training, as well as some of his abilities and wins, and go from there. So he learned a martial art named Ansetsuken. We said that in the opening. Well, that's a martial art rooted in the assassination world, which means the original point of this, and it's been used in a lot of different characters. Uh, Fist of the North Star, the anime, uses this same one, as well as characters from other games and other properties. The whole point of it is to kill people. It's to kill people as fast as possible. Now, the trainer Goken actually taught Ryu kind of a nerfed version of it because the whole purpose is he didn't want these young children to be out killing people. He wanted to train them in some of the most powerful martial arts he knew. He also brought it back a touch in order to not kill people. And he instilled in them, you can't kill people. We're fighting for sport. We're fighting for glory. We're fighting for protection. But we're not fighting to actually harm, really harm other people. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Ryu has been known to physically have the ability to leap very high in the air. Now, in the actual video games, he can jump about 20 feet up in the air at any given time. We've seen him in some of the other properties, such as the anime property, jump more like 100 feet up in the air. So that way he could fight people that were just hanging in the air, floating, flying, or what have you. The man can jump really, really high is what I'm trying to say. And he has a high amount of durability. He's been kicked. He's been punched. He's been electrocuted, bitten. He's been pile-driven to his head into the ground, and he's been hit by a character named Balrog, who's a heavyweight, gigantic boxer whose punches can crumple the sides of motorized vehicles. He's taken all of these hits and been able to keep fighting afterwards. He's also got some very big accomplishments. He's won in the Street Fighter games characters named M. Bison, Sagat, 12, his own friend Ken that he grew up with, as well as a character named Akuma, 
who's maybe the most powerful of all street uh, fighter characters, and we will talk about him a little bit later, but just understand this is a character with a huge pile of wins under his belt. He's also fast. He's the kind of character, we talk about this a lot on this show, but he's the kind of character that can dodge gunfire at very, very close range. You gotta have good speed, you gotta have good combat speed in order to dodge somebody with a gun literally pointed at you with their finger on the trigger. Ryu's done it before, absolutely, and he's also very, very strong. In one particular example in-game, he lifted a 36-ton boulder. 36 tons is the approximate size of this boulder he was able to lift above his head through sheer concentration. So when he hits you, he's hitting you with a heck of a lot of force right out the gate, and he also has the ability to shove and push, and if you try to, you know, hold him in place, if you're trying to uh, incapacitate him physically, he's just going to be able to shove his way out of it. He's just so tough. He's also won at least one World Warrior Tournament. You think of this as a giant fighting kumite with fighters all over the world coming to fight like a blood sport or a Mortal Kombat kind of a situation. And he's won one and maybe won a second one, but they left the decision a little bit more nebulous. And the last thing I want to talk about is, is, is how great a character he is in that in the Marvel versus Capcom 3 game, if you beat the game with Ryu, you actually get a secret ending which turns Ryu, he goes underground after the fighting is over and actually becomes the new Iron Fist of Marvel. So you talk about great martial artists, you talk about great uh, respect. The people at Marvel decided he's so great a martial artist that after winning Marvel vs. Capcom 3, he becomes the new Iron Fist. That's pretty darn good. Iron Fist would defeat Elektra in a fight. I think we've seen it time and time again. So I guess Ryu would too. And that's my point number one. Okay, I'm going to have to call shenanigans and use a term that Ray has popularized. You, you won't find this in English language. Language. It's called uh, nonsense, which is a derivation of nonsense. It's just it's said with a Detroit Lions accent. Here's the deal. First of all, Elektra has defeated much more powerful people in the Marvel Universe than Iron Fist. It's not, nothing against Iron Fist. He's great. Elektra's already been there, done that, and gone way above and beyond that. Now, let me kind of ask a couple of questions because I need to get some more details about Ryu. He sounds amazing, by the way. So we're going with video game physics, correct, Ray? The video game physics that applied to the game to Ryu, this now applies to the Who Would Win match. Right. We try to make sense of what happens in-game and in the property, and I tried to take, for the most part, in this point at least, things that happened in the stories that he's around more so than the actual in-game fighting itself. Got it. Okay, so that's good to know. So in terms of durability, he can tank a lot, but whenever he does take a shot, He's got a health bar, right, that decreases every time he takes a significant shot. Is that not true? Correct. That's how it works in the game. Got it. Okay. So if he does take a shot, it's not just like he's taking it and keep going. It's actually going to affect him for a while. Okay. Let's see. You said that the style he did was kind of modified. The killing stuff was taken out so that he's more, it's more of a sport type of system as opposed to a killing system. Right. It's meant to be the most effective martial arts that he could possibly learn as, you know, like a seven-year-old. But you also don't want your seven-year-olds out there murdering people at the supermarket. I mean, it depends on the supermarket. But really, what's interesting is that this reminds me of the story of founder of Aikido. I think it's Yohiba Shiba, and I may be mispronouncing it, where he developed Aikido, which looked very, looks very different than what is Aikido today. And he modified it after, because he disagreed with the stance of Japan in World War II you know, changed it into something that was more sport-like. Now, that's really cool. But the problem is, we've seen this with MMA, turn something into more sport-like, and it loses its effectiveness greatly in an actual real fight. That's strike one. Now, you said also he does a lot of great martial arts. He can jump 30 feet in the air. 
uh, lift a 35-ton boulder. That is amazing, by the way. But most impressive of all, you said, can't believe you listed this, that he can shove and push you. Is that correct? I mean, he has a variety of throws that he can do in right, his but martial arts style, got, sure. Got it. But then he may relay, he, if, if all else fails, he can shove and push you, much like what happened in the halls of my old Hebrew school. Is that correct? I mean, James, if that's all you took for my point number one, I've already got this thing one. I actually wasn't even listening to your point number one. I was just kind of coming up with some cool points. All right, let me get to my point number one and kind of match it. And all joking aside, Ryu is a very capable fighter. You can't sleep on anything. Great fighter. By the way, I already know he's a great killer, too, if he needs to. So let's kind of put that to rest. All right, let's talk about Electra's abilities and weapons. So she's a beyond a master martial artist. Been trained since she was a child as well. Her father had a lot of powerful enemies. So he thought that she should start training very young so that she would never be in a vulnerable position to them. Now, unlike Ryu, however, her father was like, no, I'm good with you killing people at seven. That seems fine. You go in that direction. So she did. On top of being a master martial artist, she also, you know, she learned every style you could think of from Japan, China, Thailand, and she really specializes in ninjutsu as her signature style, but she can pull from any style she's ever trained. She's also, again, I mean, oddly enough, master assassin. She's mastered every assassination technique you can think of. That's different than fighting. We're talking pure assassination technique. Uh, she was trained in the art of killing by a character named Stick and by members of the Chase in the Hand. And Ray Williams was great. You said that that's what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, enemies, you know, Shredder, the, the Foot Clan, they're all based off of that. Very capable people. She's also got enhanced reflexes. She has the ability to prevent Black Widow from hitting her with a bullet at close range. That's Black Widow. Also, literally slices through bullets with her size because she's got these great reflexes. She reminds me of a character with the, the, the human powers of someone from Fast and the Furious, except even a little bit more. Human plus 10 to 20%, or peak human, 10 to plus uh, 20%. She's got peak human physical conditioning. She's an Olympic-level athlete and gymnast. She uh, won a competition both swimming and track from an early age. She's got peak human speed. She's fast enough to dodge bullets. She was surrounded by five gangsters all shooting at her at the same time, surrounded, and she dodged bullets from all of them. That's pretty impressive. She has beyond peak human strength. Now, I don't think she's picking up a 35-ton boulder. I'll just put that out there. But she's able to focus her strength into her strikes and her punches to such a degree that she can punch through people, literally punch through them or into them, even if they're wearing body armor. And she loves to do the cool old Indiana Jones trick where she punches into someone's body armor and rips out their insidey places. That's just a thing she loves to do because she's mean and she's sometimes a horrible human being. She also is a master of stealth. Uh, oh, by the way, one last point about the, the peak human strength. She's so strong that she took her size, those weapons, the pointy weapons she's got. And when fighting the red She-Hulk, that's a Hulk level character, was actually able to stab her and pierce her skin with her size. That is someone who's almost invulnerable, super durable. She's able, able to do that. She's a master of stealth. She can blend in the shadows and remain undetected by pretty much every human and by superhumans as well. They have a hard time, even if they have enhanced senses, finding her. She can be there and disappear. She's a master of self, master acrobat. Uh, she did a lot of great things. My favorite is she ran across a sword blade in midair. So a, a sword was thrown at her. She jumped up in the air, speaking of video game physics, and landed on the sword so lightly and ran across it, jumped off, and then Stabby McStaberson's the person who she's fighting. Uh, obviously, that's a real term. She's an ex expert markswoman, has super high accuracy, rivals that of Daredevil uh, and the highest level marks people within Marvel. She's got nervous system control. This is cool, where she can control her nervous system to the point where she can deaden pain, she can slow her heart rate, she can control any emotional content going through her. She can even control how much she's bleeding out. 
so to, and to start healing herself as well. Now, she actually also can use nerve strikes because she recognizes with her own body which nerves to hit, and she does this against superhumans. Against Wolverine, a really cool fight, she actually used these nerve strikes against Wolverine. You'd never think it worked, but she actually won and beat Wolverine in that fight. And finally, she's a master pressure point locator on top of the nerve strikes. There's additional pressure points all over the body. She uses all in time to incapacitate or paralyze or injure or kill people just by hitting these specific pressure points. Look, put all of this together, and that's not even including her size and her weapons that she can use as an expert. Put all this together, and she would fit into Street Fighter really, really well, especially when she beats Ryu and becomes a Street Fighter champion. That is my point number one. Now, let's face it. She does do a lot of stuff that seems like it belongs in a video game, but in fact happened on the pages of Marvel Comics. That's fine. Other things that she did on the pages of Marvel Comics is die and die repeatedly. She lost a fight to a character named Bullseye, who you might also remember from the Daredevil movie. You know, he's a good marksman, but uh, he killed Elektra in one of her earlier outings, and they had to resurrect her and brainwash her through the resurrection in order to bring her back. So you talk about how great a fighter she is. I will just say, Ryu's uh, had some of these uh, brainwashing effects done to him as well, but Elektra also has been brainwashed, and she's not quite as good, uh, although she is much more focused when she's under the power and mind control, sort of, of someone else. And the other things that I would have to say is, she's an assassin, and he's a fighter. And we're talking not about who would assassinate the other person. The question is, who would win in a fight? And one person, assassins have to deal a lot with striking from shadows, striking from the back, using poisons, using, you know, those types of tactics. But we're talking about a fight where these two combatants are right in front of each other and they have to go at it advantage Ryu I gotta disagree man Electra has a history of taking people head on because she likes to have people watch her work especially her victims which again sounds horrible all right Harley Quinn sort of you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself where's your head at in this battle so far I don't even know where my head at is during normal times and conversations. So this is just, I'm so twisted and torn already. When first hearing about Rayu, I was a little skeptical just because he wasn't really trained to kill. But Ray, you bring up a really good point. This is a fight and in combat, who would win? So it's, it is, this is really hard to say at this point, who's got the upper hand. Rayu does have the health bar and Electra doesn't have to show her health status. Like, I think Ooh. that's interesting. The fact that she, you know, can heal herself. She has nerve strikes. Those, those qualities do make her a contender. Plus her twin side weapons are really badass. And the fact that she can like, poke people really hard and stab them i mean she sounds like a woman after my own heart especially when she can rip people's hearts out that sounds awesome that sounds so much fun and i just i haven't seen anything spectacular quite yet from rayu except for the fact that he can jump like super high he has mad jumping skills so i mean he might be taken on by the clippers or uh like the celtics but i as far as beating somebody in a match or killing them i don't know i'm just I'm really torn and the shove and push thing not really that intimidating to me as far as like <laughs> his 
Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I kind, I'm kind of starting to lean towards Electra now that I'm saying this out loud and having the conversation with other voices in my head. Sure. Um, on top of the fact that she has some history, probably shouldn't bring in how, uh, you know, she made the sales of sales of Marvel comics go up, but that's also kind of cool that she's got a selling factor that's helping the, you know, comic book universe. So I don't know. I mean, that, that's yeah, a key factor. If only Ryu was such a good enough, popular enough character that they could mount an entire five-plus game video game franchise off of him. Oh, wait. <laughs> that's true. I, can't, I, I love playing the Ryu games. Oh, right. They're called Street Fighter because of all the people. Uh-uh. In them. That's like when I watched Luke Skywalker movie. I'm sorry. Those are Star uh, Wars. Got James, it. James, I ain't seeing no Electra sequel out there. I'm just saying. Well, that's just a gift to humanity right there. That there's no, the there's no, yeah, I think that is for the best. All right, Ray, go ahead, because I know you got it. Give us an insanely amazing point number two. I just can't believe before I get started that I make a point about Ryu having super strength lifting a 36-ton boulder, and somehow James convinced the judge that all that means is he can shove and push a little. <laughs> That's one of the most egregious, terrible things I've ever heard. Point number two for Ryu. Let's talk about his moveset. Let's talk about the things that Ryu can do in battle. Let's talk about specific moves. His most iconic move, well, he's got two. The first one is known as the Hadoken. And what that is, is essentially, quote unquote, the fireball that he can shoot. See, it is exciting that Electra has these little twin stabby sticks. But when your whole body is a living weapon, you don't need to carry little pieces of metal into battle. Ryu fires the Hadoken, which he takes his hands back, pushes them forward, and he uses his own willpower, which is insanely high, and it's utilized with his focus to shoot an energy wave into and through his palms. In one of the stories, he was able to split a river like Moses using one of these fireballs. There was a river, he shot it, and the water parted to both sides, leaving a place to walk through the middle just through the force of will of this character utilized through an energy blast, okay? He could also utilize this in a move called the Shinku Hadoken, which is a focused beam attack, which is not just like one fireball that rips through. It's actually a beam of energy that can hit somebody multiple times and phase through them like a very powerful laser beam would, devastating anybody that it hits. His other famed move, the Dragon Punch, the Shang Long, if you will, the Shoryuken, which is a jumping uppercut in which he spins upwards with some horizontal movement and comes up and it's his most devastating punch. He often hits people three plus times as he's going up in the air, hitting them low, hitting them mid, and then finishing on the chin in order to knock them 10 plus feet in the air. And it's a very unblockable move for the most part, especially if he gets you off your feet. James, didn't you say Electra likes to jump in the air and jump off of swords and run off of them? Well, that's a terrible place for her to be when you have a guy who can throw dragon punches from any position at all. He also has his third move, which a lot of people know, that the Tatsumaki Senpuyaku, which is the hurricane kick, which is a move which he jumps up in the air and flies towards his opponent, swinging his legs like hurricane blades and results in just devastating upper shots with tremendous amounts of force. He also has a separate version of this move that he does from a stationary position where he jumps in the air and spins his legs around defying the laws of physics so much that it creates a vacuum effect that pulls his enemies towards him to get hit by these flying helicopter blade-like kicks. Ridiculous. This is a character that breaks the laws of physics. 
The other thing is defensively. In the game, he has a very special set of blocking abilities that we've seen both in cutscenes, we've seen it in the anime, and we've seen it in game as well. Where he can ostensibly, he's been taught through this assassination technique to block a flurry of attacks that are coming at him. So as fast as Electra thinks she can hit him, this move can block every individual one of Chun-Li, if you know that character, the multi-kicks that move faster than the eye can see. And she just sticks the leg out and kicks you like about, what, 20 times. He can just, barely looking like he's moving, have the focus and power and energy and training to just stick his arm out and block every single kick, taking virtually no damage at all. And he can do that through a flurry of attacks from just about anybody. In fact, I would even say anybody he's ever faced in the Street Fighter universe. And some of these characters are superhuman. And some of these characters are metahuman. And some of these characters I'll get to in my point number three. But that is the general move set of Ryu. So he can hit you from a distance using his Hadoukens. And he can hit you up close using his Dragon Punches. There is no range and no place that's safe from Ryu in a combat situation. And that's my point number two. Okay, now quick question. Has anyone Ryu faced been able to dodge or evade his special attacks? Has been able to dodge or evade his special attacks. Yeah, dodging and evading happens especially in the anime series and it happens in the video game series. Look, it wouldn't be a fighting game if every single thing that Ryu thrown got automatically hit against his opponent. Right, but the way you put it out there, it made it sound like it was a surefire thing. Now, I'm not saying his attacks aren't fantastic. I, I, I think they are very devastating, but they got to hit the opponent, correct? That's it. It's not something like... That is the general way that attacks work, James, yes. You have to hit your opponent. I'd like to... Only James Gavsey gives us such insight. I know, it's crazy. If only there was a way to attack your opponent without touching them. I wonder if I have something like that for Electra. Oh, you know, like the, like the Like the Hadouken, like I just described in my point number two. Absolutely. Now, just a quick question. The blocking. Can you re-explain the blocking mechanism that you were talking about for Ryu? No, you're going to have to rewind the tape. Got it. We're not using tape. It's uh, we're in um, we're not in the 80s. Just rewind the tape. Got it. Okay. let me get to my point number two. And we'll talk about some special things that Electra can do. She's actually got some superpowers that are perfectly designed, not just for her as an assassin, not just for her as a fighter, but actually for this exact battle. Now, Ray, you're right. She has been killed and she's been resurrected. And the way she was resurrected, she was connected to this creature called the Beast, which is like this demon in this other dimension, like a hell type of dimension. It's crazy. Now, as a result of this connection, she received these long-term powers that really serve her well. Now, the first one she got is called Assassin's Instinct. And what this does is it helps her to, you know, preserves her intelligence, but it helps her, it's described as evidently think with the speed and cold-bloodedness of a cobra. And what that means is that you have your timing increase really, really well, and that you can see where the person's moving, how they're moving, and you know where to hit them, when to hit them, how to hit them. In Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for example, we, I've said this before, one of the highest compliments is you put someone into a position, and you're moving towards a submission hold, and you get it, and your opponent says, I totally saw what you're doing, there's just nothing I could do about it. That's what this Assassin's Instinct can give Electra, an ability to hit in such a way where... Ryu might see it coming, but he just won't know how to stop it because of her timing and reflexes. She's got hypnosis now. So we talked about mind control. Electra has the ability to mesmerize others. She can make them see illusions or other things. She can make them see something that's not there, make them attack it while she attacks them from behind or from a different direction. She's got this super heightened awareness. She already had high level senses, but now take that to a superhuman level. She's able to detect a threat to her well-being, you know, wherever it is in her vicinity. 
She can assess whether it's going to be a big threat, small threat, medium threat. So she kind of gets a jump on things with this awareness. You're not going to catch her by surprise. You're not going to teleport behind her and all of a sudden like catch her. She can tell what's, what's going on all around her. This is kind of weird. She's got telekinesis. She's got the ability to use her mind to grab things and lift things. Now, again, I don't think she's lifting with her mind a 25-ton or 36-ton, whatever it is, boulder, but she can pick someone up off the ground and hold them in place and start kind of crushing with that. That's kind of an interesting thing. She also has precognition where she can see things in a flash before they happen. So if she's about to get into a situation or a fight, in a flash, she just gets a download of what's about to happen so she can plan for it. She's got what's called a mind shield. And unlike before, now no telepath, no mind control. That just can't happen to her at this point, thanks to what's happened since she's been resurrected. She has a really cool superpower called the Silent Scream. And this is something that Shang-Chi also uses as a character and also a little bit like a Black Canary where she can use her chi to perform a high-pitched scream that is described as that, that from Marvel Wiki says can render a person permanently deaf or can kill the person or at least hurt them very, very badly. And that's just something you can't even tell she's about to do until she does it and you get hit by it. Here's my favorite. She's got something called the mind switch. And this is really a strange power. It's an ability to throw her mind into others. For instance, she was trying to track down this enemy called Ken Wind. And what, he, what she did is she temporarily borrowed people's minds and acted through them while she was hunting for them. It's really cool because it literally enables her to like kind of sniff out exactly what's about to happen. She takes over that person's mind. She inhabits their mind. They switch their mind to her body. But instead of being active, they get into a permanent state of what's kind of like just they zone out. They're just chilling within her body. They don't do anything. And what she's done in the past, she switches minds with her opponents. She takes them somewhere puts a lot of harm, you know, inflicts a lot of harm onto them or kills them. And right before death, she switches back. So the person who's zoning out, now all of a sudden it's back in the body and they're about to die or they're really, you know, screwed up pretty badly. This is also why she's always a step ahead of people. She can jump into someone's mind real quick, figure out what they're about to do and jump back out. That's on top of her precog. This is, there's a reason why, you know, Nick Fury calls Electra the most dangerous person in the world. Not the most dangerous woman, not the most dangerous assassin. She's the most dangerous person in the world, according to Nick Fury from S.H.I.E.L.D., is because when you add up her training, her physical skill set, all of her powers that she got, all the strange ones, and her weapons, her size, it's pretty certain you don't end up well if you have to fight her. That's my point number two. So what I hear you saying, James, is that through using martial arts, she can figure out how where people are going to do and then try to come up with ways to counter it. You just described fighting. So I don't really understand how that's a superpower. Oh, she can fight a little bit. Of course she can. She's a trained martial artist. Now, I've never in the history of this show heard somebody overstate someone's power set like you just did with Electra in point number two. She is known as a very, very, very low-level telepathic character, and you got her looking like Professor X at the end of point number two. Ridiculous. Look, she has the ability to jump into people's bodies to kind of see what they're seeing, a little bit like what Voldemort did to Harry Potter. Great. If she's in a fight with Ryu, she can watch herself get beat to death, okay? That's fantastic. That's not going to do her any good here. Telekinesis, never even heard of this point before. I'm sure you saw one example of it. But as, again, as the rules of who would, who would win dictate, you have to go with what a character is really known for. You can't just drop all these one-shot examples and pretend like it's a thing she's doing all the time. The canary scream, we've seen it happen one time. And as far as the, uh, the, the making people see things and see things that aren't there, she has to first mesmerize the person and get inside their head. And I would argue a man who meditates like Ryu, a, a character who has achieved full mastery over himself 
physically and mentally is probably not going to be easily mesmerized, probably not going to be easily mesmerized in the middle of a combat when he's trying to fight someone. If she tries to stare him down and look at him and try to hypnotize him, he's going to beat her senseless. So all of this psychic stuff that you brought up is completely useless in this battle. Ray, quick question. When did you get here? Sorry. <laughs> you were just talking so I've much. I've always it been here. It's awesome. No, here's the thing. She actually has done the mind switch quite a bit, and she's actually able to stay within someone's mind for two days at a time, sometimes even more. She's uh, used Great. this really, really well. This is not martial arts training. All of these new, oh, no, they're not new, but all of these additional abilities came sure. from her connection to, the, again, that demon called uh, the Beast Demon, who gave her these powers because of with, you know, being resurrected with the hand or whatever it was. So this isn't just her being peak human with being a martial artist and being able, no, 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 no. This is now superpowers that she Man. has that she can I'm, now fight. I'm excited, James. If she can be with him for two days, she can watch her own funeral. And not everybody gets this opportunity. So congratulations, sure. Electra. Sure. Just remember, the other person zones out in her body while she's getting it, you know, letting it get beat up Seems and then zones back. very, very unlikely. <laughs> I love it. All right. Harley Quinn, sort of. We're now at the turning point. This is where you tell us who you think is ahead in this battle and what the other side has to do to pull off a win. Okay, 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 okay. Let me just talk this out real quick because I, I need to have this conversation out loud because right now, in my mind, I'm going crazy. These two fighters are seriously so good. The fact that Rayu meditates is like a, actually a huge understated superpower. Like I think the fact that he has control over his mind in that sense is actually a huge advantage and change changes a lot about kind of where I'm was going. I don't know. I'm still like, okay. So first off I'm from Houston. I don't like hurricanes. So the fact that he can create a hurricane, I'm kind of like, Oh no, get it away. But that means that he, that's again, he's a good fighter because of that. The fact that he can break the law of physics, basically karate chop people or, you know, do the helicopter spinny spinny thing and kick people in the face really hard. But come on, you guys, the fact that Electra like was resurrected by a demon, that's so hardcore. That's so like, I love that so much. And I'm really trying not to get too caught up in some, some of the things like Ray is saying that might be one off sort of instances, like maybe sort of a residual sort of essence of the demon that might not last forever but you can't get around the fact that she can heal herself meditation being able to heal yourself it's not exactly a healing yeah. factor she's not wolverine up in here uh, yeah. mitigate pain reasonably well so what do you think so who's ahead and what do you think the other side has to do to win i feel like it's a really close call but i think i think electric's electra's in the win uh, in the in the lead here by a couple wow. of inches and, and what does Rio have to do? I think Rio has to Rio has to push really hard and lift something heavy enough to <laughs> smash, or he's got to just have that. I know he's got the laser beams. Maybe he spins and laser beams at the same time while Electra is trying to get into his mind, but he's moving too fast. So when you say lift something, you mean like a 36-ton boulder, like I said in point number one? It's definitely a possibility, Ray. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Could work. I, I might bring that up. All right, I love it. Okay, Harley Quinn sort of has spoken, and you don't want to go against Harley Quinn, the sort of definitely version of the one. All right, Ray, 
I, I have a feeling this is where you're going to bring it. So do your magic. Let's hear your point number three. Buckle in, everybody, because the two things that Ryu I've been sandbagging about, he was trained in a non-killing fighting style. However, as a retcon to the character not too long after his inception and beyond, this is a character in video games, crazily enough, who has completed his entire character arc and now in future Street Fighter games exists as a background character because he is so popular, but the story does not revolve around him anymore because he has completed his personality arc. Because Ryu, despite being trained as a non-killer, erupted something deep inside him during the finals of the first World Warrior Tournament against a character named Sagat, where he was actually about to lose, and then something stirred inside of him. And he was able to achieve a power called the Satsui no Hado, which is evil Ryu, which is literally the surge of murderous intent. That has been inside him the whole time, a rage that boils to the surface whenever he's in a bad place, whenever he's losing a match, whenever he's up against it, all of a sudden, nice Ryu goes out the window and evil Ryu takes his place. To win the first uh, World Warrior Tournament, he was about to lose, this summoned up, and he threw a dragon punch so severe, it ripped a gigantic scar across this seven-foot-plus body of Sagat and knocked him unconscious with one shot to win the tournament. Evil Ryu Sadokin is so powerful that in the anime, he shot one from a point of rage that blew out an entire skyscraper when he hit the side of it. This is the level of power that we're talking about. In fact, he has a special dragon punch he can throw called the Mesatsu Goshiryu, which is a triple dragon punch. He actually hits you with three dragon punches in succession. Each one imbues his fist with dark energy, and then upon landing the third dragon punch and knocking you in the air, flies up with you, grabs you by your head, and slams you back down to the ground again. Electra's not getting up from that, okay? He fought a character named Akuma, and Akuma is, in the storylines, essentially his, his uncle, who's the most powerful character in all of Street Fighter. Akuma is a character who was fighting Ryu on an island, okay? And Akuma decided, I want to be done with this. Akuma had already lost to a Ryu in the past. Akuma punched the island with one hand and destroyed the entire island. This is like nuclear bomb level of power in one hand. Ryu beat this guy. He punched the island while Ryu was on it. Ryu was able to soak all that damage and was just left floating in the ocean, having to swim to get wherever he needed to go. Ridiculous. Now, he also has an attack called the Raging Demon where he doesn't just attack his opponent's body. He attacks his opponent's soul with the force of all of their past sins. Electra, having been, as James said, murderating from the age of seven, has a lot of sins on this ledger. He will attack with the raging demon attack her soul with that level of force to completely destroy her soul. He doesn't just attack your body. He attacks your soul as well. Heck, he defeated Oni Akuma. He defeated Oni Akuma. What if Akuma, the guy who just blew out the island, actually took over his own version of evil Akuma and ascended to demon form status? Well, Ryu beat him just normally. Ryu just beat that guy, okay? Other people that he's beaten, a character named Gil. Gil is an angel descended from heaven with the power of an angel from above, a, ma a manifestation of heaven's will. And Ryu defeated them in combat. Ryu defeated a character named Seth who's a genetically enhanced, super-powered character, a replacement body for the evil characters to put their souls into and continue to fight forward. Heck, later on, 
Ryu even overcame, when I said the story arc completed, he overcame evil Ryu and ascended to the power of nothingness. This is a power that is able to calm and be the yin to the yang of the evil power, and it's able to have all the powers of the evil, but under control and with calm, an ultimate meditative calm around him, which allows him to shake off death if it happens. So Electra doesn't just have to win this battle once, because then the evil Ryu is going to pop out. And she's going to have to fight an even more powerful character of Ryu. And if she even manages to even hang with that, well, he could tap into anime style a third form, the power of nothingness, which is even more powerful and more in control, and rip her asunder. And the final thing I want to talk about is a crossover event from a game called Asura's Wrath. Asura is a demigod in this particular game. He's the lead of the game. And he was able to defeat a character who was so large, his hand was the size of the earth. And he went down to try to smash him with his finger. Asura punched that finger and eradicated that character completely with one punch. Well, Ryu showed up in that guy's game. And they fought on earth for a while going back and forth with nobody clearly getting over. Asura hit Ryu so hard, he launched into space and hit the moon. And hit the moon with Asura still attached to him, punching-wise. They then fought on the moon, where there's no air, and Ryu fought this ridiculously overpowered demigod character to a draw. Nobody was able to beat the other against a character like Asura. So you take all of this in context, the level of characters that he's defeated, and the ability to tap into higher forms, and Electra does not have a chance. And that's my point number three. First of all, there's always a chance, especially when it's Electra. That's a great chance. So I got a few questions for you. Does evil Ryu, Ryu in the form of nothingness, or even Ryu in this crossover game, which again, will have much less weight, does he have an ability to not have his mind be taken over? Well, this is the question you have to ask. Now, we have not seen mind control powers, but when you have inner calm and inner control of both your body and your mind, it doesn't usually lend it to being taken over by an outside force. The answer is no, as far as we know, right? The answer is yes, because let's face it, it's never been done. Right. Quite honestly. He's never faced someone who's got that mind swipe. By the way, that wouldn't be a fun but game to play. But she barely has it, and it's not going to do anything. I established that uh, you, you You talked about it, but no, she has done it, and she's done it quite well. And she's That's never going to happen in this It's point. never going to happen. Never, never. Gonna happen. I, love, I love the video game crossovers because that reminds me, like, I think it was like um, Mortal Kombat versus DC or Injustice or what have you. And I believe if you play this properly, Joker, you know, Harley Quinn sort of, you know, I know we're not a big fan of the Joker here, but Joker could conceivably beat Raiden the God of Thunder. So I just love video game crossovers. Sometimes they may kind of get the storyline a little uh, exaggerated, and that's fine. James, you act like that's not also a full-run comic book series, and all of this is explained that they all take superhero potion to power everybody up in that. I mean, everybody knows that. Ray, quick question. How powerful, this is going to seem a little weird, but how powerful is Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider? Well, he lost to Santa Claus, you tell me. Well, Santa Claus is like an insanely powerful being, one of the most powerful beings in all of, you know, geek culture. We've established... On the Who Would Win show, he lost to Santa Ghost Claus. Rider, so you tell me how powerful Ghost he, Rider well, is. Well, he has a win over Galactus, the Galactus person who actually devours worlds. You'll see where I'm going with the transitive properties of all this. Let me get to my... It's a good thing you're not debating Ghost I Rider. I know. I just... I, I only wish there was a way I could bring him up in this battle. Maybe there's some way I can do that. Who knows? Let me get to my point number three. It's interesting because when you look at pure power, I do have to say that Ryu has the ability to get to those levels, to a much higher power level ultimately than electric hand. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. I'll also say it takes a lot. It's not like he's walking around 
at that power level, it takes a lot to get him there, as Ray kind of described. So it's not like it's an instant thing. Stuff has to happen. If then else, here you go. I'm evil Ryu. Now I'm nothingness Ryu. What have you. All By the way, they all sound great. So let's talk about Electra's big uh, feats and big wins. Now, she's been around for quite some time. So she's kind of got a really cool history behind her of, of doing some really insanely things. So, you know, she's beaten a few characters we're familiar with. She's got clean and she's been defeated before, too, no doubt. But she's beaten Bullseye, Daredevil and Black Widow. And these were decisive victories as well. Uh, she beat a character named Silver Samurai. This is important. Silver Samurai is a superpowered being with a almost like a laser type of lightsaber-ish type of samurai sword. Sometimes he wears power armor and what have you. Uh, this is someone who takes who goes after Wolverine. Has caused Wolverine lots and lots of problems. And Elektra took care of him no problem. Let's see. She also, again, she beat Wolverine not once, but twice. Thank you very much. Let's see. In a really fun battle, she took on this character named Shang-Chi. Now, Shang-Chi, with a great movie coming out, Shang-Chi is actually stated to be Marvel's greatest fighter. Beats Iron Fist, beats everyone. Shang-Chi, and we even talked about it. Shang-Chi is actually, we, we understand, best fighter in Marvel Universe. She actually fought him to a draw. Now, if you have to make a comparative analysis between great fighter, there's Ryu, great fighter Shang-Chi, Elektra fought Shang-Chi to a draw. Again, when she's resurrected with her new death powers, she can do a whole lot of cool stuff. Uh, she's facing off against what was stated an invulnerable cyborg. And so she looked at him, used her powers. He was trying to, like, throw everyone around. She said, how am I going to beat him? Got it. She used that kind of assassin's, you know, you know, way to see it. Found that one tiny weak spot, chopped off his head. And as a fun after fact, the head was still alive. And the head's like, see, I can't be defeated. Nothing can do. So she just grabbed the head, reached into the inside places, and started squishing the brains around a little bit until, yeah, but that's where she goes because she's Electra and she's awesome. Remember that beast demon I told you about, or the demon beast? Well, in one issue of uh, Electra, I think it was a limited series, she actually had to confront the beast. She wasn't cool with the control she was, the beast was trying to have over her. She said, no more, you're not controlling me at all. And she actually fought the beast. Here's the fun part. Remember, the beast is this immortal being who controls, I believe, some type of hell-like dimension. Yeah, and she fought him and actually started hurting him with like makeshift weapons she found. She found like this long metal thing and started stabbing him with it, hurting him. And you no, know, listen, of course, he eventually got the better of it, but she was taking on a beast demon over its own dimension. That's pretty powerful. But here's the real fun one. So there was a Skrull invasion. Skrulls are, you know, if you watch the Marvel movies, they're these alien beings who can shapeshift. And there's a, something called a secret invasion storyline within Marvel Comics where a whole bunch were coming to Earth, but they didn't just use their shapeshifting powers to kind of, you know, kidnap people and take their spots. They actually developed the powers, the abilities of the characters they were taking on. So Electra kind of discovered this, that the secret invasion was happening, and they found out she discovered it, so they sent a bunch of their powerful, you know, shapeshifters who assumed some powers. So the people they sent to center was Daredevil, okay, Nightcrawler from the X-Men who could teleport, okay, Wolverine, that's impressive, Cyclops, but then Ghost Rider. Right? Someone with Ghost Rider's powers that gave to the Skrull. So these whole group of Skrulls, these super Skrulls, if you will, with all these different powers, go to take on Elektra. She takes them all. Somehow, not even sure how, somehow beats them all at the same time. That's pretty impressive. So here's how I see this fight going. Listen, they're going to square off, and Rio's going to try some fighting techniques because he's in a fight, and Elektra's going to say, uh-uh, I'm killing this guy. So she's going to start actually getting the better of you pretty quick. Ryu's going to tap into his chi, start using these cool energy types of attacks, like Hadouken, what have you, and that's going to set back um, Elektra even a little bit. But then she says, got it. Let me try a couple of different things here. I see where this is going. She'll stalemate Ryu. Ryu will then go, just like Ray said, he'll go Super Saiyan, like Dragon Ball Z, for lack of a better term. He'll go into the evil Ryu mood, mode, nothingness, whatever mode, 
And then that's when all of a sudden Electra says, great, time for a mind switch. She takes over his mind for probably a couple of days. Ryu zones out in her body because that's what happens. She goes around the world, conquers everything and is awesome. Gets bored, lets him power down again because she has control of his body. And then kills the body. And as it's dying, does the mind switch again. He dies. Electra's left standing. That's how it goes. That's why she wins. And put all that together. And that's my point number three. That is one of the biggest reaches I've ever seen in the Who Would Win universe. The people that she does that move to are like mechanics and security guards. And not people who have meditated and trained their mind for their entire lives, James. This is just plain not going to happen. It's a goofy approach and one that I respect. I might have tried that if I was you, but obviously it's nonsense. At the end of the day, you got to look at who they fought. I was really worried when James brought up Ghost Rider. It's like, oh, did she beat Ghost Rider? He says, well, she beat an alien who looked like Ghost Rider. Because the Ghost Rider wins by using something called the penitent stare to look at your soul and make you relive past sins, blah, blah, blah. Skrulls can't do that. So she fought a dude who was Halloween costuming as Ghost Rider. Not exactly the same thing as defeating the cosmic entity of Ghost Rider. Look, if five small children came to my door right now dressed as Wolverine and, and, and Nightcrawler and Ghost Rider and the rest, I think I'd have at least a 50-50 chance of taking them out. My point is, it's not the same thing as fighting the real characters. And, oh, a draw against Shang-Chi, a good martial artist, that's fantastic. I just brought up a draw against a demigod who one-shotted a character whose hand was the size of the earth. James, this just is not comparable. One has defeated an angel, and the other one, you know, got killed by a guy who can shoot guns kind of good. I'm just saying, this is not comparable Ryu takes this so obviously, I appreciate your effort, but that is not enough. First, real quick, the Skrulls had powers. I will, I will say, Ray, I kind of agree with you. Ghost Rider with the Penance there, probably not, but they had a lot of other, the super strength, the chains, all that kind of, a lot of yeah. the other powers. They had Skrull yeah. powers, which are not exactly the same thing as any of those characters you no, just mentioned. No, they actually mentioned. all had those Big powers. Big bait and switch by they you, They all James. had those powers. Big they bait and switch. Powers. But the sure real thing is, that is really revealing here, is you've thought about taking on five kids in costume before. That is horrible. You are a monster. And to say that you have a chance to get... Do you know how strong five kids are? Put them together? That's crazy. There's no one no one James, beating them. No one. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, come on, Ray. There's nothing wrong with people dressing up in costume and wanting to be taken seriously. Exactly. Why would everybody... Oh, I get it. Wow. Ray, this is this is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Trying not to be offended right now. Look, look, look. I had my Halloween bag stolen once when I was a kid, and I'm still not over it. <laughs> every day. Every day is Halloween with me. So Fair. you guys are invited Fair. to just get dressed up and have a party. All right? Yeah. Hannah, we're, we're now, you're at that time. Right. Hannah, you've heard three points from me. You've heard three points from Ray. Now it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story here. Harley Quinn sort of give us the insight that only you can give us and tell us who wins this fight between Ryu and Elektra. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you were going up against somebody who basically had like the power of karma on their side, like all of the things that Ryu is bringing to the table, they, you know, he, he the, his strong mental state, his ability to meditate and jump up really, really, really high, you know, onto like a different planet or like being on the moon. I mean, I haven't really 
I, I wish I could go to the moon. That sounds awesome. The fact that he can do stuff like that and still survive and not be like, you, you know, he's, it seems like he's just very much, he's got stamina. I'm trying to find, figure out if Electra, like where her stamina is at. It just seems to me that she, I don't know, like I was rooting for my homegirl. I really like thought she was hot. And I was like, I totally saw Electra like in the first round pinning this guy down with her twin side. But now that, you know, Ray's brought these points up and just the, his, the, he's got karma on his side. The fact that he isn't a killer. At first I thought that was a con, but it turns out that's like a huge pro that he Mm -hmm. can fight somebody in the ring and do it with justice. I gotta say, Rayu, Rayu is the winner for me. There we go. That is correct. That is the only decision that makes sense here. And the people at home are cheering I'm you. So they sorry, are cheering you. It's, it's okay because, you know, Ray did a great job of bringing in the fact that, you know, he can go. You know, I knew where it, was, where it was going. It was actually really well debated on Ray's part. We're bringing in the fact that, like, hey, by the way, my character, it's called Street Fighter. His big, biggest accomplishments don't happen on a street whatsoever. They happen against, you know, I got, I got pumped up and went Dragon Ball Z in my character, which, by the way, I love. I think that's fantastic. Whenever a character gets that kind of power, it, it's awesome. It, 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 yeah. It's crazy that like a couple games into the series, they decided to completely change <laughs> the entire course of this character and then retconned his entire past to make it all work. And honestly, like I said, it's rare in anything that a character does a complete arc, but the series continues on, even though they are a complete and rounded character. I, I love this character. I learned a lot about him here, and I appreciate Hannah that me and you saw eye to eye on this decision. Oh, that can't make you feel good. I, I, it definitely makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I've heard We've that heard before. That. The best point I think you brought up was the karma. And I don't even think that's something Ryu can take advantage of, but I do, it, well, you know, use effectively, but I do think Electra has a lot of bad karma coming her way yes, that she she's done, yes, you she know, does. stabbing a lot of people, killing people when she was like a little kid. There's a lot of horrible things to this character, which just makes her makes me like her that much more i gotta tell you i just find this character very intriguing uh overall i think the decision was just i'm not putting it down and i love your your ability to kind of explain why you think Rio won this battle over and all i think this was a great match ray what are your thoughts right now obviously i'm elated you know i've lost two in a row coming into this matchup so i had a lot to prove Thankfully, I could see a clear path to victory for Ryu, and I felt like if I put things in a certain order to tell a certain story, I could get our judge, who is very smart, obviously, on our side by spinning a tale and telling a story of a character that makes sense. You can always change your mind, uh, Harley Quinn, sort of. You can always change your mind. Nope. It was definitely a very fair fight, whereas I feel like uh, Lobo and um, what was it, Twilight? Twilight, yeah, Twilight Sparkle. Sparkle. Tell us how Twilight much Sparkle. you hated that decision. Uh, I just don't think that Twilight Sparkle deserved to be like, you know, uh, completely destroyed the way that she was by Lobo. It was it's not outrageous. a fair fight at you, all. Twilight you know Sparkle you know what, was not ready for that. You know what the sad part is, uh, Harley Quinn sort of, is that if I had been given Twilight Sparkle, I guarantee I would have gotten her the victory over Lobo. Wow. Yeah. Shots fired. Shots fired. I just think uh, there wasn't a lot of imagination. Do you agree with that, uh, Harley Quinn, sort of? There wasn't a lot of imagination used, you know, to really represent Twilight Sparkle well and and what she could do. 
Uh, I mean, I, I feel like you guys tell great stories every time uh, I've listened. I've learned so much more about the comic book and the, 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 the world, the universes that you guys uh, kind of bring from these characters. It's so much fun. And I didn't know that. What's it called? A unicorn and a pegasus is a alicorn. Alicorn. That's so cool. I was like, I learned something new from this show. I felt like, you know, it's very educational. So, I mean, I think that you would have probably made Twilight Sparkle have a different type of sparkle. Mm -hmm. Um, But you guys are great at bringing these characters to life and really showing how they can battle you know what like their their superpowers like what they would actually do in a real life scenario is, is really fascinating i feel like i'm excited to hear if you know harley quinn were to go up against somebody who who i would be well <laughs> stay tuned is all i'm going to say about that we'll 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 definitely have some uh, thoughts about this battle and we're going to go back with the production team and kind of talk about harley quinn in the future for sure i definitely have some ideas for this okay so Yay! yeah, absolutely. Now Harley Quinn, sort of Hannah. Please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can watch Superhero Diaries, and enjoy everything that you do. Everybody, hello. I am Hannah Cat Jones on Instagram. I'm on the TikTok. I'm on the Twitter. I've got Facebook, <laughs> um, and I love reaching out to people. I love chatting with you guys in the comments. I'm so excited to hear what you thought about tonight's episode of Who Would Win? And uh, yeah, let's be best friends, BFFs on the internet. I love it. And you can catch Harley Quinn sort of on Superhero Diaries on YouTube, on YouTube channel, Superhero Diaries. And of course, you can also catch them, the videos on Facebook as well. All right, Ray, this was well done on your part. I loved it. Oh, I I, uh, I got to tell you, this this just makes me feel like I got to up my uh, video game playing time a lot. I should probably start playing them, so I should go from zero to something uh, currently. But I'll, I'll get there eventually. Ray, tell everyone where they can find you and tell everyone where they can experience the greatness that is raised again. Well, there's a lot of things I need to plug today. I'm very, very excited about, of course, this victory because I earned it and I deserved it. Hashtag deserved. So I want to plug a few things here. We're going to talk about, obviously, some other great podcasts. Knowing is half the podcast, the G.I. Joe recap show that uh, I am also on, featuring 80s and 90s cartoons and having fun with that. The My Three Dads podcast. If you listen to this show and you are a parent, this may be an interesting show to listen to. It's myself, Robert Clark Chan, and former judge of the show, Marshall Gibbons. I guess Robert Clark Chan, also a former judge. I don't want to pay him that level of respect. Anyway, the three of us discuss being a parent, and talking about cartoons aimed at younger kids with kind of a more critical parental eye and having some fun with that as well. It's a very low-key show, especially when compared to who would win. But most of all, I would like to plug Superhero Diaries. Hannah, you were wonderful on the show. You made me want to like and subscribe every single time you said it out loud. Go check out Superhero Diaries. The show is just magical. You'll love the costumes, the mirth, the joy. And of course, you'll love Phil Lamar and Hannah. That's all I got to say about that. At Almighty Ray is the Twitter. Go get them, Tigers. Listen, we do a lot of great stuff here. We have Hannah Cat Jones. We've got Ray Stacanis, myself. I am so happy I get to be a producer of Superhero Diaries. Absolutely amazing show. Scott Zachron, you know, coming up with some great writing. Phil Lamar is Green Lantern. Really, you get Phil Lamar, live action Green Lantern. Amazing characters. Uh, Nina Tarr is Wonder Woman. Uh, Don Jeans is Batman, amongst many others. Uh, you know, this is something you would love if you're a cartoon or geek culture enthusiast. This animation enthusiast, this is the show for you. 
And of course, you know, Harley Quinn sort of is now one of the stars of Superhero Diaries. Couldn't be more excited. In terms of finding me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Show. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, Facebook, wherever you go for your podcast or video content. On behalf of my... Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. Myself, Ray Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.